And I think we enter in that moment, you would enter into grace, be like, okay, like my mom, my grandparents are human too. And I can be honest about what I struggle with and my sin. And also like, I don't want to repeat, like you, we talk about generational sin. And I think if we're honest with generations behind us, like our children and our grandkids of things that have been in our family and things that we struggle with, then I think it brings it to light. And so we have more ability to put it to death. Does that Mm. make sense? Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things, and maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. How's it going, guys? I'm Jeff. I'm Alyssa. Welcome back to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about faith, culture, and answer your questions. Guys, it feels good to be back. We took a couple weeks off, and we missed you, but we're just going to jump right into it. But before we jump right into it with a special... A little book club for the month of July starting off today that you heard uh, we're going to do on the little solo episode I did a couple days ago. Drum roll. That was more like a... Our Hispanic friends would be really excited by that drum roll. That kind of had... You rolled your R's very well. (laughs) That was not a drum roll. Yes. Um, We got a TV show, you guys. Now, if you are hardcore podcast listeners, you already know this because I messed up and announced this like three weeks ago, but then deleted that episode a couple hours into uploading it. So if you have already heard this... That means you listen to our podcast in the first few hours and you're amazing and we love you. But um, it's always been my dream to have a TV show, right? Yes. And then it's been so cool in this context now as a family to finally have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, we got that opportunity through Yippee. If you don't know Yippee, they're super awesome, new digital kind of streaming platform. But what we love about them is you they're, they're awesome because their content is curated for uh, wholesomeness. Is that mm-hmm. the right word? Yeah. Meaning like, it's not just all specifically Christian, you know, like we talk about the Lord in our show and like little like nuggets about God and all that, but there's like entertaining shows and there's uh, educating shows and there's science shows and all this type of stuff. But you know, they curated enough that you know, it's going to be wholesome, right? And it's going to be okay for your kids. And so um, we absolutely love them as customers and consumers. And mm-hmm. then they approached us a couple months ago and basically said like, hey, we love you guys as family. What if you think about doing a show? We'll fly out a crew. We'll fly out blah, 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 all that stuff. And what happened is I was right when that started happening, uh, COVID. The pandemic. That's all you need to say. It's one word these days, just COVID. <laughs> um, and then so instead of just canceling it, they were like, you know what? You shoot decent enough with your stuff and your equipment. What if you shoot it and we still do a professional mm-hmm. editing behind it? Shout out to Matt. You're amazing. Um, and we do that for the first season. Kind of like call it like Quarantine Chronicles or something like that, right? Um, and so we did that guys and it's a 10 episode season. Not all of them are up yet. If you start watching, I think like three are up so far, but it is a blast. Mm-hmm. It's a blast. What, what, what have you been loving about it so far? What do you even love about watching them too? I mean, we, we actually sit down and have little like movie nights with our kids to watch them. Well, I kind of feel like it's selfish in a way because it's like, oh, we get to capture our family yeah, it's by really doing a TV cool, show. Yeah. It's just like with, I mean, we 
take video and stuff, but I don't feel like we would capture it in the same way mm -hmm. unless story, we had this opportunity. Yeah. So yeah, it's just really fun. We just kind of take you in the day in life of what we do, special outings we take. Um, you get to see a little bit of Maui and also just like everyday life in the home and just how we implement um, God and faith into the everyday moment. So it's really fun. The kids are so cute. And my favorite is there's a little thing on there when Kinsley takes the camera throughout the Oh yeah, called Kinsley Cam. Season. Yeah, we call it Kinsley Cam. So it's pretty fun. We're really excited. Yeah, guys, just like Alyssa said, the premise is really fun. So it's kind of like called the Beth Keys Ordinary Adventures is what I kind of call it. And it's essentially mm -hmm. us trying to find the beauty and blessing and goodness of God's love in an ordinary adventure, going outside, going on a walk, going to the beach, you know, playing this game, playing with the flashlights and trying to teach the kids about God and his love in a very ordinary, integrated to our already kind of active day. And it's super fun. So mm -hmm. we absolutely love it. I'd love to get your guys' feedback. If yeah. you watch it, let mm -hmm. us know what you think. Let us know what you want to do for future episodes. Um, real quick though, before we move on, uh, Yippie hooked us up with... I think one of their best discounts they offered any of their partners to hook you guys up. And so it's, I think you get, if you sign up, there's two different ways to sign up. You can go to jeffandalyssa.com slash yippee. And if you go there, uh, the all these discounts and everything will already be applied. So you don't have to enter anything. But it's a free seven-day trial. So you can just test it out and try it out. Uh, and then it's 25% off for your first three months. So super amazing deal. Or if you want to go to yippee.tv. So that's Y-I-P-P-E-E.tv. Um, and kind of check out the more robust site with what more programs they have and all that stuff. Then use the code BETHKEY at checkout to get that same deal. Um, but it auto applies if you go to our site, jeffrenlisten.com slash yippee. Um, but yeah, they have awesome, like they have original shows. We love Jonas Gets a Job. If you get that, like, yeah, it's amazing. So cute. It's basically like Mike Rose, Dirty Jobs, but a kid does it. So mm -hmm. he goes and does other adult jobs per episode. And like the kids love it. He becomes a stunt coordinator one day, a dog trainer, a lifeguard. It's a blast. We absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, yippee's just really... Really, really, really cool. And we've been super stoked on it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, check it out. We love you guys. We're so stoked on it. It feels like a big dream that we've been hiding and we're so excited to announce it. You got any more, anything, anything else before I move on? No, I'm excited to hear what we're going to be doing today. Oh, by the way, on Yippie too, they also own the, and, and like license the, they basically are the home of uh, VeggieTales yeah. Originals now. A lot of people don't know that, but VeggieTales is still creating mm -hmm. new episodes with new fresh original content and Yippie kind of owns and is that uh, that place. So mm -hmm. that's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. You ready for episode one of uh, Jeff and Alyssa's book club? I'm so excited. Right? So the way we thought we would do this, guys, just to kind of, uh, we, we think it's fun when Alyssa kind of plays a little bit more of the um, audience perspective. And so the I've common read, person. I've read this. You <laughs> haven't read it because I yes. kind of want to get your reactions from mm -hmm. it. And she wants to read it, but I've also been kind of stealing it. You know, I mean, like I'm, I've already read it. I read it months ago. It's not out yet, but I got to read it early. And then I've been rereading it again this month. Um, and it's just really, really good. So the reason we wanted to... I went back and forth on this, but I'm actually really, really, really excited we're doing this. We've never done this before. If you guys like this idea, let us know because then we'll do more book more book clubs in the future. But we're going to spend the entire month of July, the next five episodes, kind of zoning in and uh, zooming in on this book. If you're looking, if you're watching on YouTube, it's America Awakening, American Awakening, excuse me. Uh, I endorsed it. I love it. John is a friend. Um, we absolutely love him. He's incredible. And he's one of those guys where when you... when the book even is better when you know him because mm -hmm. sadly us being in a Christian author world, it's sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes I love the book and then all of a sudden I follow that person on Twitter or all of a sudden I uh, meet them and I'm like, Ooh, that book is tainted now. <laughs> um, this is the opposite. John is the absolute real deal and it is so, so powerful. And the subtitles eight principles to restore the soul of America. And I just wanted to lean into it because this book I thought was just really profound. You know, you guys know I try to read 
at least on a low year, 60 to maybe 80 books a year. Um, but this is the book for our moment. It's, it's, it's 30,000 foot level. So it kind of goes across the spectrum of death, despair, race, um, you know, um, personal spirituality, corporate spirituality. Like it's really a high level of just like, what is going on in our country? Mm. What is going on? How timely. Exactly. Yeah. And what's crazy is he wrote this, you know, books get written early. So he wrote right. this, you know, a year ago and right. it's even like more timely now. Yeah. So cool. So with all that being said, we got about 15 minutes left, you know, and so I just wanted to kind of um, chat about it. So we're going to go okay. through the first couple chapters and I, I, we, <laughs> never mind because you know who's talking. We will get through the first page. <laughs> we'll get through the first page knowing who's hosting this book club. Um, but first chapter, and I loved where he started this book and this really grabbed me and, and I'll share a story and get your reaction. Okay. So he, the first chapter is called, we need to remember. And then the, 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 the rest of the title is called the cost of forgetting. And I love that. There is a cost if you mm. forget things, if you forget history, if you forget past values and truths. And what he goes into uh, in this first page, in this first chapter, is this concept of, and I didn't know this, of the Romans with this concept of their perfect recipe of concrete. Did you know that they actually like perfected no. concrete? No. Yeah, so the, it says right here, the Romans came up with the perfect recipe for making concrete that enabled them to construct magnificent structures mm. that have stood the test of time. Like take the Colosseum for example. Sure. It's still it's in you know obviously it's not mm-hmm. you know perfect, but it's still standing thousands of years later. There's, yeah, none of our buildings would be doing that right now. That's crazy, right? Well, and just what, even their statues. The exactly, yeah. Poly, what's the poly? I'm not sure. You well, want to keep going with that one? No. <laughs> what, 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 what the? I'm just thinking of all the pantheon? buildings in Rome. Yes, yeah, thank pantheon. you, thank you. Um, but all I have to say, uh. <laughs> It's really, really cool because basically he talks about that he uses this really cool metaphor of the Romans invented basically one of the best, most perfect um, versions of concrete we've ever had, even one that beats us today. Hmm. But it was a recipe that got lost. Hmm. It got lost, right? And we know that this is true because it's only been recently rediscovered and it's very specific and there's a very specific science behind it of how like the limestone with the ocean water and all these different types of things. But he uses this really cool metaphor of like, man... Uh, imagine all the innovation, all the healing, all the power, all the impact that was lost because that recipe was lost. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And he uses that as a metaphor for our country right now. Of just Mm -hmm. like, man, what, there's a cost to forgetting ancient Mm -hmm. principles Mm -hmm. that give us blessing and goodness and unity and love Mm -hmm. and peace. And we know those principles are rooted in Jesus Mm -hmm. in the scripture, like John talks about. Um, but I love just the way he goes about it. But I mean, what does that spark for you when you just hear kind of that idea? What do you think? Do you resonate with that? Of like, oh yeah, we, it does feel like we're living in a moment where we've lost something in our culture. And what might that be? Yeah. Well, and the f- first thing that comes to my head, which is very um, true to what is going on right now with all the racial conversations and justice. And I just think of... Um, Corey Robertson had on her Instagram like three weeks ago. And it's just kind of like been in my head the whole time. She Mm -hmm. had a picture of um, the camp that they work at. And um, they were setting up for camp for the summer. And she was talking to her mom. And her mom just said like, like, I don't know how many, what, the 60s? Oh, her like mom? exactly, yeah, exactly. However many years ago that was. Oh, back in the sixties, yeah, like yeah, fifty years ago, sixty years ago, yeah, yeah. Like to this day, like this exact day and month, 
the exact same things were happening with riots mm-hmm. and, you know, all the injustice that was happening. And her mom just said, we have to do better. And yeah. I just feel like I've been thinking about that over and over and over as everything is going on. Like I, and I had no idea. Like I just, I feel like I don't remember history and I have never really been interested in it um, as far as like, you know, American history, like the ones you learn in school. And I just, that moment hit me like, wow, I need to know history. Like I need to know what happens in our country, in our world. And I feel like if we forget history, then we lose the lessons. We forget, um, it's like history replays itself, right? Mm. And I just think of all the um, passages in the scripture when, especially in the Old Testament, when God says, remember, like, remember my faithfulness, remember the stories. And you think, you know, the Jews, every holiday they celebrate, it's remembering what God has done, remembering their history. Yeah. And children grow up knowing their full histories, their lineage, their generational, generation after generation. And like, it, there is something to that. If we forget it, then, um, history will replay itself. We won't learn our lessons. We won't grow. We won't, um, yeah, just move forward in freedom. And I feel like we kind of keep doing the same things and which is so sad because I feel like if we really learned from history, there would be so much more freedom and growth. Yeah. That's so good. What do you feel like we should learn or how do you, um, Take a more specific example than like even within within the church. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like we learn from the tradition or learn from our parents or learn from the past in order to continue the, the layer of progress, not just repeat and like not forget? Sure. Well, I think there's so many things there. I think, um, you know, if you're having conversations with your grandparents and your parents of things that they did growing up where like that broke their heart, that were hard, that like sins they committed or whatever. I think we learn from that. And if I think it's having open, honest conversations and like just sharing like, but this is what God did and God is so much better. Or, you know, I'm just thinking very, Mm -hmm. that's just one such a small example. But I feel like we just learn like, and I think we enter in that moment, you would enter into grace, be like, okay, like, my mom, my grandparents are human too. And I can be honest about what I struggle with and my sin. And also like, I don't want to repeat, like you, we talk about generational sin. And I think if we're honest with generations behind us, like our children and our grandkids of things that have been in our family and things that we struggle with, then I think it brings it to light. And so we have more ability to put it to death. Does that Mm. make sense? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting too... Whoa. Is that answer your question? Yeah, totally. And then he gets into this section too where he talks about kind of like this paradox in a lot of different areas of like we have more, you know, access to resources than ever, but we're mm-hmm. more dissatisfied. We totally. have more access to, you know, certain food and nourishment, all these things, but... And, and I mean, and workouts and, you know, abilities to make our body better, but yet we're not very healthy, you know, and one he talks about too is he says we have a lot more access to education, but yet mm-hmm. we we know less. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good point too, because I think again, I talked about this in Tell with the Hustle and and this at some level, if you read to Tell with the Hustle, they're totally different books, but these have twin undertones, very much like mm-hmm. in the same indictment, same kind of things are playing. Um, I would highly recommend this book if if Tell with the Hustle resonated with you at all. Um, from a totally different like track on the conversation, but with like very similar indictment. Uh, but then kind of a different part of the conversation. Um, but the education one, I think is so true of like, we have more information now than ever and it's not helping. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like it's not not doing what it promised. And subtly, we don't like to admit it, but subtly we believe that if only we had more information, if only we Mm -hmm. had the right answer, then peace, tranquility, blessing, flourishing, Mm -hmm. right? Now, is, is... Hard study is um, serious theological reflection, is cultural engagement, is all these things vastly necessary. Yes, it's not the conversation we're having. I think what I'm we're talking about is like this this um this we almost we almost have this weird thing where we almost start we've turned information into like a security blanket. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. If I can only just kind of have enough to you know, um, but what but what information can never do is replace love. Mm. It can supplement how you should love and hopefully right. and make you more loving. Mm-hmm. That's also, by the way, a good rubric, by the way, theologically speaking, but also just anything you read or engage with. If you're not really learning well, and you're certainly not on the right track, if you're becoming less and less loving based on more and more information, mm. um, then you don't want to be listening to that information. And I think that's a very good message for today on all sides. There's, there's people, there's very good conversation that's happening right now in the race conversation. Mm-hmm. Very good conversations happening. On both sides of the conversation, though, there is particular people I've noticed who like, oh, that does not, listening to them will not make me more loving mm, by any means, yeah, right? Totally. It'll make me more cynical, resentful, right. you know, kind of like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Because you get formed into the image of whatever you believe, right? Yeah. But there is people in, this, in that conversation that are doing really compelling, beautiful, incredible justice work. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I love that. And I think you're, that's kind of hit on exactly what you said. Let's, um, let's end with this part. I'll read this paragraph. Uh, he he ends and he comes back to the the concrete right, mm. and he says they finally found this rare mineral and like and realized like that oh that this is something that the Roman that we lost for thousands of years and we found out that it actually was something real they had it and it was incredible, and it's called like aluminous tobermorite hopefully I pronounced that right, <laughs> and it said most laboratories can't even produce this mineral since it's formed in lime particles mm. through pozzolanic reaction at somewhat elevated temperatures which means you can't just reproduce it because it's very specific to like the physical conditions the with also yeah. the thing in other words it's so in, rome must have had a lot of it yeah well yeah and it says and in other words it's you need volcanoes oh, by mixing volcanic yeah. sand pumice and lime with mortar the romans created a hydraulic concrete which was able to withstand brutal forces of weather and time their material was able to expand in ways that modern concrete can't the volcanic material as jackson explained who i think that was someone on the team investigating this was the secret, quote, to concretes that were very well bonded, coherent, and robust materials that provided unprecedented strength and hardiness. And what I love about the rest of this, this last page, is he says, hardiness seems almost old-fashioned in the modern world of trigger warnings, microaggressions, and highly offended. Um, However, that's mainly because we've either never known or can't remember the original recipe that built our resoluteness in the first place. Even in America's abundance, we search for the ingredients that can create lives that are well-bonded, coherent, and robust. It's my contention that to recreate this more stable foundation, we must look to the people who came before us. Mm. And that's kind of his conclusion in the first chapter of like that we throwing off everything from the past, while some of it vastly necessary, right. while throwing all of it away is not and 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 is just not good. Yeah, right? and will lead to destruction and because and you see that a lot. Um, in history. And so uh, he ends with this. The question is, you should ask yourself, does my life emulate these principles? If my answer or yours is no to any one of them, then our steps to a better life and a better world are clear. I have faith that enough, enough of us will take them. And then that's when he gets into the, got to leave you a little bit of a cliffhanger because then the solutions start coming uh, next week. But how do, but how do you react so to that? true with America? Like, I feel like we talk about this all the time with families, like, um, 
just the heart of the Lord we think is multi-generational family, like having your grandparents and your great-grandparents, yeah. knowing your family, being in community with older people so that you learn from them, you have counsel, you have encouragement and teaching. And But the American way is just to be so independent. Mm. And I feel like it's to throw off anything that's like authoritative. It's to throw off truth. It's to throw off like learning from history and um, like, yeah, just like being humble and seeking mm-hmm. counsel from older people. Like, it's just like, let's start all these new things like independence, independence. Let's yeah. go and be a new, a new family. Let's, you know, instead yeah. of just, and I feel like that is so true with the American, um, I don't know. It's just like the telos or something like, it's just kind of what is taught instead of like, when you look at the, um, different cultures they're so embedded in the family and multi-generational mm-hmm. and telling stories and telling um like history and there's something so profound in that of just mm. growing and um yeah i don't know i'm sure you have so much more to say about that but no i love that and i think it's i think it's two there's there's two tracks going at the same time i think there's the civic history that you're mentioning like american the american mm-hmm. narrative that that has a that is steeped in independence. And then there's also the religious uh, undertone that goes farther back than America um, and to the Protestant Reformation. I think the Protestant Reformation, um, you know, has blessings and curses, just like everything. And the curse of it is, um, you know, continue to, uh, you know, uh, uh, split and reproduce, split and Mm. reproduce, right? Kind of like a cell. (laughs) And that's why you have like 47,000 denominations, right? When you only had like the Catholic church for the first 1500 Mm -hmm. years. Um, and I'm not, you know, putting my cards down on the table one way or the other right there. I'm just saying that, that it, I do think it's been a little cancerous now that we can look back on 500 years, even though we're Protestant, like we're Protestant, but it's, <laughs> I do think it's somewhat ca- cancerous to see that the Protestant tradition, and I mean that in the true sense of the word, like cancerous is like an overgrowth of cells that has, that it, like, it's just, um, innate in it, right. in the things that actually gave it its power also kind of, uh, then like went outside the fence and now it's just any disagreement is new denomination, new denomination, mm-hmm. new denomination, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I just don't think that creates long suffering. I don't think that creates love. I don't think that creates unity that doesn't look like a new family or a new people of God, like God calls us to be. So yeah, I, I think the last thought I'll end on too, is I, I love what you said. And I think, um, you know, I love what John said too, that it reminded me of uh, the, you know, we talked about that, that hardiness, right? Mm-hmm. And one book that isn't very, it's not that readable, but the, the, like, I don't feel like it was the best written, but the science in it, the propheticness in it, the high level kind of a uh, research in it, uh, is really profound and it's called anti-fragile. Um, uh, highly suggest at least just kind of looking it up or finding the main message or finding some keynotes by him. But he basically talks about this idea of like, yeah, we're, our culture is beginning to actually like coddle and create enormous fragility meaning just where everything and everyone is offended by something or it hurts Mm. or it's a pain point now as a believer you have to be so caught in that tension because you can't also then be on the side of the right right. which the right in most the the political right in most conversations now just uses that to then shame people or just say you're being an idiot or you're being fragile or you're being a victim no no Mm -hmm. no like here's what i'm trying to say with it this is this is how i see it that book and that message is is and that is something we need to heed, right? Mm-hmm. And he uses this really cool example of like a flame, right? He goes, uh, you know, a tiny flame, if it gets any type of wind on it, boom, extinguished, right? Right. 
But a big flame, it gets any type of wind in it. And what happens? It becomes doubly strong. Mm. And so he's like, and wind is kind of like that suffering or that resistance mm. or that offense, the something that's yeah. offense or whatever. And he goes, you need to be the forest, not the match, right? Mm. The match will just blow, be extinguished yeah, when any so bad things come at it. Yeah. But if, but if you're a forest and wind comes at you, you're actually going to go, the flames, flames going to get bigger, hotter and faster, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's something, and that's what humans, humans do have that capacity. Yeah. We become more robust. We become more hardy. Sure through some levels of suffering, persecution outside of the first world, um, you know, the Western world, um, you know, whatever it is. And so not that we're asking for that, but when you lean into it, man, I think God does something really special in creating you into a really, really, really robust image of him Mm -hmm. that cannot be replaced by just anything else. Right. So good. Something special. So, well, and I, sorry, one more thing. Oh yeah. Um, but I was going to say is, but I think that message has to be taken to heart personally. And then, and then what, and then when, and then, whilst and then being gentle and compassionate to the oppressed the victim the mm, hurt on the outside sure. meaning i think it's i think it's a very good um philosophy to heed that message personally but mm-hmm. then uh and maybe you know gently talk about it but not then like you know like i said then just lambast anyone who is you know being fragile if that makes sense because sure. because we are fragile people and there right. is hurt and there is pain and there is brokenness and we need to be comforted you know like that's a, and then you get into the scripture too that says you know what a bruised reed he won't ex, you know extinguish or whatever like mm. so it's like all those can coexist at the same time but yeah you end us and not to be the person either that's like when someone's going through something really hard to be like well this probably sounds bad but yeah like suck it up or i mean no one just say like, that but yeah yeah, yeah just like, just like god's gonna use this so mightily and yes. you're like that is so true but yeah. in this moment of pain i don't really want to totally. hear that you know yeah, what i totally. mean like maybe in like a little while after i've grieved for a while but um anyway that's just a side note yeah um no i was just saying what you were saying with that is um it's so true and i think of that verse in romans about how trials produce perseverance which Mm. produces character which produces hope and hope does not put us to shame um and so just like when the trials and fire come god does shape us and he does build our like our muscles and our legs to become more like him and to and i just i love that you said that because i've been talking with a friend all week um just walking through a really hard thing and she mentioned this thing this phrase that has just been in my head all week and that said, um, my prayer is that I would have tough skin and a soft heart. She's like, I do not want to have, through the trials and fire mm. of life, I do not want to end up having a tough heart and soft skin, but tough skin and a soft heart, meaning like we will get hurt. We will go through pain. We will be rejected. We'll be offended. We'll be yeah. fragile in some sense. But my prayer is that through those times, my heart will get tough because of that Mm -hmm. like it won't be cynical and skeptical and bitter and resentful but i will continue to have a very soft heart and just like loving and trusting the lord and giving and gracious all those things that the lord talks about but that our skin would become tough where that we wouldn't be so sensitive that we crumble every time we're criticized or you know that we're just we just fall apart because people are not pleased with us or whatever that is. And so I love what you were just saying of just having tough skin and a soft heart and knowing that through trials, the Lord really does build us up 
and persevere and build our character. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I love that list. Final word. The list always drops the bomb. So <laughs> you guys seriously check it out. If you're watching on YouTube again, here's what it looks like. American Awakening, John Kingston, phenomenal book. Like I said, we got to read it early, endorse it. And that's why I wanted to focus in and spend time on it because I really believe in it. And our culture needs this message. Um, so that was just chapter one, kind of the indictment or setting the scene. And then the next, the rest of July, guys, we're going to kind of go through it. I'm really, really excited. It doesn't come out for a couple weeks, so pre-order it. You know, go go pick it up at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, anywhere where books are sold. I do, I have heard just in the book world that um, stuff's getting shipped out early these days because it's just, you know, chaos at warehouse, warehouses and stuff. So I'm sure if you order it, it might come early. Um, comes out in a few weeks. But again, American Awakening, go check it out and we'll see you next week for the next part. Mm-hmm.